There. You can open your Bibles up to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to continue the message on God's grace. After three years, a wife starts to think her child looks different. So she decides to have a DNA test done. She finds out the child is actually from a completely different set of parents. Wife, honey, I have something serious to tell you. Husband, what's up? According to a DNA test, this is not our child, the husband said. Well, don't you remember? When we were leaving the hospital, we noticed that the baby had a wet diaper, and you said, honey, go change the baby. I'll wait for you here. <laughs> How many of you sometimes wished? I'm telling. Okay. I had a dream the other night. I was in the Old West riding in a stagecoach. Suddenly, a man riding a horse pulled up on the left side of the stagecoach, and a riderless horse pulled up on the right-hand side of the stagecoach. The man leaned down, pulled open the door, and jumped off his horse into the stagecoach. Then just before he rode off, he, he opened the other door and jumped onto the other horse. And just before he rode off, I yelled out, What was that all about? And he replied, Nothing, it's just the stage I'm going through. Think about it, okay. I know I blew it. Pastor Kenny's looking at me and go, retire, brother, retire completely. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. I was given this one today by somebody. He said, I just finished all the cheese in my house. This, it's from Mike Viscom. He's not in here again. I just finished all the cheese in the house. The meteorologist is calling for more rain. Ain't no sunshine when cheese is gone. <laughs> okay. I love to sing in the shower, but the other day I got shampoo in my mouth and it turned out into a soap opera. Ain't... When cheese is gone, cheese gone. Okay. Yes. I know. Okay. I'm worried about my calendar. Aren't you? Its days are numbered. Okay. Let's start our message. Yes. I don't know if they've never found a Frenchman to defend anything. And I'm French. Okay. All right. Ephesians chapter 2. Please, Lord. Verse 1. And you hath ye quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our... You know, I like that. You realize what that says? Before you think too much about yourself, it says what? Among whom also we what? All had our conversation in times past in the lust of the, our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. 
But God, who was rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show forth the exceeding riches of his grace by his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay, and we started last week. Okay, and we very clearly there, we're saved by grace. We talked about it being a gift of Christ. And grace comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a natural human characteristic and we read some verses on that and then we went on just looked at some what we are because of Christ and number one we said we you looked at it in second Timothy one is we are called number two in Ephesians one we are forgiven number three from Romans three twenty four and Titus three we're justified and then number four is we are strengthened by grace second Timothy chapter two and verse one Tonight we're going to look at, uh, starting off, just two things and then we're going to, uh, what we are made because of grace and then what we are to do because of grace. And the first thing I want you to see here, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. See, it's the grace of God and the gift of grace. And not as, not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men unto condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one many shall be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but, while, but where sin abounded, grace did what? Much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord." What we are made is we're made possessors of eternal life. If you are saved, you possess eternal life. There's no turning away from that. Also in this same text, in verse 19, it says, For as one, by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one many were made what? You are made righteous. I think we had it mentioned in a sermon this Sunday, if you were listening, Right? 
For he hath made him to be sin for us. That's God the Father made Jesus Christ to be sin for us. For he hath made him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Righteousness of God in him. So what is it? What are we made? We're made possessors of eternal life, and we are made righteous. Now that's what you are made, and that's in an eternal sense. Now the key then is to recognize who you are and what you are. Doesn't the world say, you know, if you can just dream it and think it, and they teach you to image certain things, but it's built off a false premise for them? God wants you to recognize that he made you righteous. Okay? So that we might practically be what? Righteous. Okay. What are we to do because of that righteousness? Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 12. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose, I have written briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the what? True grace of God wherein ye stand. You know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to stand in grace. Stand in grace. Go to Romans chapter 5. Verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we what? And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. To stand in grace, you know what you need to do? You need to inculcate into your mind, into your heart, in your soul, that you are accepted. Do you hear me? You need to understand you are accepted. The world's going to make you feel like an outcast. Certain times when you get caught up in a, an earn-it type of Christianity, a performance Christianity, you won't think that you have the value that God says you have. He says you are accepted. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of whose grace? His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. When you don't think you fit in, you need to rehearse in your mind. Ephesians 1.6 He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. So we're to stand in grace. You've got to realize that. Otherwise... You will doubt. I can't help it. I relate things sometimes to stupid things. You can tell by the jokes that I laugh at. Okay? But every time I look at that, I think of <laughs> the old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer 
Christmas cartoon. And Rudolph sings, and then the, the, the elf sings, I don't know why I'm a misfit. I just know I don't fit. Okay. And so many times, you know, people feel that way. I don't fit. You know what is the responsibility in grace? If God's grace makes you accepted in the beloved, if that grace is going to be in you or you're going to stand in it, you know what you need to make other believers understand? That they're, they're accepted in the beloved. Sometimes people will come into this church and visiting, not every time. We try to get, make sure that we have ushers that greet them, but they come in and people look over at them and they stare at them. And they don't go and say anything to them. You ought to make them feel what? Welcome here. If they're lost, you want them to get to the place where they're accepted in the beloved. If they're saved, they're your brother and sister in Christ, and you're going to spend all eternity with them. We struggle so much. Families, physical families, are so fractured today, they don't know what it means to be accepted. Brothers and sisters, they don't talk to each other. Separated by distance, you know what? You don't have to be separated by conversation. My children FaceTime each other. They talk to each other on the phone. They call us on a regular basis. We call them. Why? Because we are family. Do you always like everybody in your family all the time? You've got to love them. They're your family. Do you like them at times? There's times Judy looked at me and she's going, I love you, but right now I don't like you very much. Okay. Well, if she didn't love me, if I wasn't accepted by my wife, I'd be in trouble at those times that she didn't like what I was doing or didn't like me. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do you think God likes when we go back into sin? And then we get upset and we think God's not hearing us. And it's not in my notes, but it comes to the mind. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And he does it for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. You've got to stand in that grace. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Last verse of the epistle. What does it tell us to do? But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Does that mean we grow in sin so that we can appeal to God's grace? That's not what it's saying. Grow in grace. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up and what? trouble you and thereby many be defiled when you're growing in grace the bitterness should be released we're to grow in grace you can't get away from it you know what problem so many times when people feel insecure it's because they're jealous you don't have to agree with me but i look and i think they're jealous they're insecure because they look at something and they go i don't have that or that's not the way it is with me 
so they get insecure in themselves. I have to be responsible for, first, my personal relationship with the great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. If we could do that, if you're confident in your place, you're not insecure in who you are, in your relationship with the one who loves you, you know what you are? You're not jealous when someone else takes some of that time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. You're supposed to grow in grace. Grow in grace. See, so many times we don't understand grace. I'm hoping I can read this. I was trying to read it to my wife. I sent it to my daughter. Strange gift indeed, a thorn to prick, to pierce into the very quick, to cause perpetual sense of pain. Strange gift, and yet t'was given for gain. Unwelcome, yet it came to stay, nor could it even be prayed away. It came to fill God's planned place, a life-enriching means of grace. God's grace thorns, oh, what forms they take, what piercing, smarting pain they make. And yet each one in love is sent, and always just for blessing meant. And so whatever thy thorn may be, from God accept it willingly. But reckon Christ, his life, his power, to keep thee in thy most trying hour. Ensure thy life will richer grow, his grace sufficient will bestow. And in heaven's morn thy joy will be, that by his thorn he strengthened thee. 2 Corinthians, chapter 12. Second Corinthians, chapter 12. So many times we fight against something God is trying to use to help us grow up. To grow up. Verse 7, And lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was giving me a what? A thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, and lest I, sh lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, see, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So many times we get caught and we don't understand the grace of God. He had enough grace to save you, right? So then does He have enough grace to bring you through whatever valley you're in? To bring you to the other side? So many times we get discouraged by looking around. And you know what it causes us to do? It causes us to fail to have grace with others. We're to grow in grace. You can't get away from it. Are you growing in grace? Do you get upset when sometimes the thorns come into your Christian walk? How many of you ever stepped on a thorn and then hit thorn and had to walk after that for any distance at all? It just, it hurt, and it seemed to get worse. But you know, you had to continue on because you got to get out of where you are. 
Spiritually, many times, there's thorns that come into our lives. You can get angry, you can get bitter, or you can get humble. And God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. If you context to what I just read you about the Apostle Paul, the thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan to buffet him, was because he'd been given so much more revelation of the truth of the Word of God than anyone else. Do you understand that? Half the New Testament given to the Apostle Paul, but he had to be made weak. Here's a man who's given you all those books. God used him to give you those books, and the guy was going blind. So he had to depend on others. Growing in grace. Next, you know what we need to do? Go to Hebrews chapter 13. What are we to do? Hebrews chapter 13, look at verse 9. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be what? Established with grace, not with meats which have profited them that have been occupied therein. Established in grace. Established in grace. You know what grace is? And we talk about it being unmerited favor, right? There's a simple definition for that. Grace is doing, is God doing in us what we could not do ourselves. Hmm? Everything about this, we are meant to be forgiven by grace. We also are meant to live and walk in this world by grace. By grace. Established in grace. Do you have it with other people? Established. You know, when something is established, you establish something in your life, that's something that other people should be able to what? recognized I fight that on a daily basis having grace with people okay my natural man my family one of the heritages or one of the legacies not a good legacy in my family is a short fuse on Jude <laughs> you can see the face she's showing grace okay it's a short fuse my father admitted that he had one he turned around and he wanted to make sure. He said, boy, I am going to beat that temper out of you. You're not going to be like me. He was trying to help and protect me, prepare me. Okay? He gave me the old-fashioned timeouts. Because he said, my temper, my attitude would cause me to get in trouble. I was just too big. You know, you, you go to play with kids in your own grade and you're taller than the kids three or four grades above you. So when a problem starts, who does the teacher pick out? Because you're bigger than other people. 
even though you're just as immature as anybody else in your class. Definitely smarter than them, but more immature. Okay. And humble, too. Okay. And have three other kids who are three grades older try to pick fights with you and have to say no. Because I remembered what my father was teaching me. Do you remember what your father's trying to teach you about grace tonight? Are you established in grace? Is that how other people see you? Go to Acts chapter 20. We're almost finished. I'm going to get done on time two weeks in a row. I'm not going to run over like uh, my replacement and then blame it on me. We've been teasing each other a lot recently. Okay, that's okay. Acts chapter 20. The Apostle Paul, okay? In Acts 20 and verse 24 says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. In the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify what? What are we to do? We're to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Are you? Are you? What is needed more in this day? There is such division in this country. If you turn your TV on, you listen to it very much, depending on which camp you are, and you're getting angry one way or the other. Civility is lost. But our civility shouldn't be lost. You can take a stand for the truth of God's word without trying to purposely pick a fight. Okay. We are to testify of the gospel of grace. Now Acts chapter 20, look at verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God into the word of his what? Which is able to do what? The word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. I was reading a testimony of a, a man. This evangelist led him to the Lord. He got sick and he was dying. He'd only been saved one month. His friend came to visit him. He went to talk to me. He says, is there anything you, you right now you wish you could, I could help you? You could just take care of it? And he said, the only thing that I regret, regret is I have not had the privilege of helping someone else learn of what saved and who saved me. The word of grace is the power of God. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. 
So what are we to do? We're to stand in grace. We're to grow in grace. We're to be established in grace. We're to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And we are to look to the word of grace for the power needed in each of our lives. The more time you spend in the word of grace, the easier it will be for you to have that grace with other people. And all God's people said...